0: It's the Bob Account Podcast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. With John Shannon here in Mississauga, how are you?
1: You have put Mississauga on the map. You know that is, you. across the country, you are. You are. I'm, I'm going to change your name from the Bobcat to Mister Mississauga. Well, why would you say Toronto? We're not in Toronto. Everybody knows Toronto. Not everybody knows Mississauga. You try to be general. Try to make it that people understand. Really? Yeah. Hey. So uh, when when will you, let me ask you this question? When will you turn the television in on on Sunday? Um, uh, maybe game time five minutes before. That's it.
0: So like I'm six of it, maybe the pregame six, stuff. Six
1: six o'clock. Probably. Yeah. Wow. I I'm a little different than that. Yeah, you probably should not noon. <laughs> noon. Absolutely. We got to see what, what they're for? doing
2: room.
1: Oh, what I think for? it's going to be fun. You I think, think there's going to be fun. Stuff. I no I I think well I think there's two sides of it. I I think I will be entertained for the most part. And by the way, I can always get up and leave. I can always get up and leave. And and I I'm always fascinated by what TV people can make you know how mu- how how well they can make chicken salad. Well, that's
0: only because you've been in the industry. I yeah,
1: think. no, no. I oh, I admit it. I, I'm a TV nerd. I I I admit that part. So, but it, it will be. I mean, it's a CBS show, uh, and it will be fascinating. To then they'll have a you know a thousand people involved. You know they'll have a they'll have a bigger cast on that desk than they will it have on at CNN at the at election. Oh, it will be. And it people will. will be talk. the least
0: bit fascinating. Okay. All
1: right. Well, we'll listen, be- listen. Listen. listen Orange BS. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl a little later, uh, okay. but I do think we have to deal with uh, yesterday's goings ons in the National Basketball Association and the trade deadline. There and wasn't the Raptors a big think, trade at all. Not one. What's that? what's that? There wasn't a big trade at all. No, but I think I think a couple of teams got better. Well, I really do. Sure, you would hope
0: so, but yeah.
1: Well, well, let's. I tell you what. We'll ask Doug Smith of the Toronto Star what he thinks. Okay. We'll do that. We'll do that after the break. Bob and John, the McCowan podcast, Doug Smith on the NBA trade deadline next.
2: Hi, this is Bob McCowan for betrivers.com. Hey, if you're looking for a sports book or casino app, you should check out the BetRivers Sports and Casino app today. Play all of your favorite casino games for real money, anywhere and anytime. Plus, get in the action with each sports game with hundreds of sports betting options. And get ready to feel like a VIP because you'll earn both loyalty level points and bonus store points on every real money wager you make. You must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, contact Ontario at one 866 531 2600 or speak to an advisor free of charge
1: Betrivers.com. welcome back bob and john joined by doug smith of the toronto star um so doug nba trade deadline is done thank goodness um i, uh, I are the raptors gonna need name tags at practice today
3: no it's only two new guys coming in as it turns out so they should be okay i don't know <laughs> They play tonight and tomorrow. They're going to need a lot of uh quick instruction on, the, on how to play. But yeah, it was you know the Raptors have done all their heavy lifting in, in late December and early January with Ananobi and Siakam. So yesterday was sort of tinkering on the edges. Yep, yeah, there wasn't
1: much big they could do anyway. Well, no. Brown, Brown, yeah, they, Brown was they, the only one. Brown was the only yeah. one that could have Everybody gone. Talks about it, but you know, and, and he didn't. No,
3: it been Brown, Gary Trent probably could have gone too. They, I'm sure they, they talked to teams about those two guys. And, you know, Brown could get traded at the, at the draft or, or around the end of the year. His contract is unique and that it's a team option, so they can bring him into the fold and then trade him as an expiring contract next year. Trent's a free agent. And then, the, the, you know, the, the risk always, and the Raptors have been bitten this, by this a couple times, is that friends walk for no return. And that's why I think they lucked, they looked at moving Trent just to get something. In case he goes in July and just joins another team.
1: So what is this team now, Doug?
3: Um, they're um they're still on the process of becoming younger and building, rebuilding, or reconstructing it. They're these were a couple of moves that furthered that process along. It's certainly not over yet. I think there's you know, there's more, there's a couple of years left of, of rebuilding kind of thing. But they got a group of twenty two to twenty six year old guys that they think could grow into something. Whether they can, I don't know, but that's the process they've laid out, and this furthered that.
1: So, d- does this mean it's two more years of misery? I would took a year and a half. Yeah, well, not misery. I think they're going to be fun to watch, and they're going to. Well, be this mis- is mi- Doug. This is misery. Oh, this oh,
3: this season is misery, no question. The rest and the rest of the season could be just as bad. Next year might be a little bit better when they're a little bit more familiar with each other. But for them to be relevant in the Eastern Conference, you're talking the 25 26 season. At, but at why why would they be at, interested? at the earliest why would they be interested in Oldenick? He's 33, right? 32 and they need they need some old heads. They need they need some guys who've been around and played a little while. And Kelly does have a unique skill set that they need. They don't have a front court shooter. Um he's a good backup center. I think they need a, a, con, a guy, kind of guy who's been around the league a long time. They lost that Young, who was that guy, Garrett Temple, I can't imagine, will be back. And I think they want at least one grown-up in the room. And I think mm-hmm. he's going to be it.
0: I guess. It's just not – he's not part of the future, though, really.
3: Not well, long-term. I would say probably, he's probably got three years left in his career. I think he's going to be a bridge guy to get them to to help them grow through the next couple, three, couple of three years. So
1: mm-hmm. you fully expect him to be re-signed in the summer?
3: I do, and I, I well, I think they might do. They, they're able, they're able to do a contract extension now. Okay, I wouldn't be surprised if they get one done before the season's over.
0: Yeah, they're nowhere
3: near the, the uh, salary cap, are they? Oh no. no, they're no, they're gonna have lots of room. They might have up to, they could have a, depending how they what they do with Trent, what they do with Brown. They could up have, have up to thirty million dollars in the summer to spend. But right again, the the thought that free agents are gonna come to Toronto or any team is an absolute fallacy. It just doesn't happen. Free agents don't leave. They get traded. They they pick their spot and they go. The the last free agent of huge significance to join a team was Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn, and that blew up. Other than that, it just doesn't happen. So what you want that cap space for is to trade guys into it, use it on a couple or three players, but the thought that they're going to hit a big home run with one free agent and $30 million just isn't going to happen.
1: So beyond the Raptors, um, can you – and I know it's been a short period of time, but this is your job. Can you tell us who you think did well yesterday?
3: Oh, I, I love what the Knicks did. The Knicks getting uh, Bogdanovich from Detroit and by, and uh, 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 Alec Burke. They got a lot more shooting, and they needed it badly. I think – you know, they're in trouble injury-wise with Randall Hurd and now OGN and OB having surgery is a big blow. But they really added what they needed. And I think Dallas did a really good job, too. Getting, they got out of a couple of contracts. This Daniel Gafford they got from uh, Washington is a serviceable big man. So, I, I, those to me, those are the two winning teams out there. Oklahoma City might have done a really good job getting Gordon Hayward if Hayward can possibly stay healthy. But that's not proven to be true in seven well, years. So, I don't know about that.
1: I've always wondered about him because when he, when he started his career, you went, oh, my goodness, here we go this guy yeah. can play the game he can shoot he he can do so many things but he's just been damaged goods for too long just can't stay healthy and then and, and that's that's a fact it's it's not
3: like it's not like a, a description oh he might be injury prone he can't stay healthy if he can he's a very very good player and in Oklahoma City will be a perfect fit but you can't count on it until you see it and we haven't seen it in wow probably when do you go to Boston seven years six years ago you know, yep, so yep. there's nothing there.
0: We have the uh, the best race for first place in the West that I've seen in, uh, well, maybe ever. You got four teams right there.
3: Does being in first place mean much? Uh, probably not, because I think it would mean a lot to the younger team to get to play a... You know, first place is... It, home court advantage in basketball is for game seven. And, and yeah. young teams like Minnesota... Oklahoma City would probably benefit from a game seven at home a team like the Clippers they're so old they're so veteran they don't care but and mm-hmm. but so to them I don't think first is a huge deal Um, you know, home court is a thing but it's not a big thing to a veteran team and that's what the Clippers are they are so so good uh, I, I, you know, right now I would have to pick them to be the best team in the West and I don't think it's I don't think it's as close as the standings indicate they're really good
1: yep in the West, I'm I'm surprised the Lakers didn't do anything.
3: Are you? Uh, well, I, I'm 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 sure they tried, but they don't have anything anybody wants, and that's the problem. Like the, the yeah. their third best player is Reeves, and they're not going to trade him. Other than that, they just got a bunch of guys, and you know, there's a hesitancy in the NBA to just take on a guy, unless it's unless it's targeted part of what your process is. And the Lakers don't have anybody anybody would want, and they're they're really stuck. They're I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do with LeBron when he becomes able to move if he wants to. Whether they're going to pay him a ton of money again to be in the same kind of treadmillish kind of place, I don't know. That's a that's a mess out there, and they got to get out of it quick because they're going to lose. We're going to lose that city to the Clippers when the Clippers get the new building and are really really good. I think the Lakers are uh, the the mystique of the Lakers is is gone. I tell
1: you, that, that's a bold statement. I know, um, but. but- but particularly when you think, think that, you're uh, right Lisa, well, and you know, the, the the Clippers, the Clippers aren't staying downtown. You know, that's the uh, the one thing that the Lakers have going for them is is location and LA Live. You, yeah, you go down for an event, right? No question. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past
3: Ballmer to build a LA Live around the crypto around his new arena, the Intuit yeah. Center or whatever, the Intuit Dome. And I'll tell you something. What when we were out there with fast, I talked to Ballmer for quite a while before the Clipper game, and what he wants to do is kind of be the anti-Lakers. He wants to be the team for true Angelinos, Not Hollywood types, but the people. And if you look at the crowd for those two games, he's there now. Like, there are real people at Clipper games, and there are star watchers at Laker games. And I think maybe the shift has gone to more lunch bucket, real kind of people. And I think the Clippers, the building is going to be fascinating. It's going to be unbelievable. And it's not like, you know, in a horrible location. You know, it's out there, but it's by, it's by the track. It's like, it's not a bad spot. And it's going to be new. And, you know, the stars the track in LA is gone. are like new. The track is gone. The track, is gone. <laughs> the track is gone, yeah. But that, that kind of area? Yeah, I remember we, yeah. Yeah. when we were out there with Harry You're getting, Orness, old, you're getting old, that, old when that, you're, that,
1: when that, you're that, talking that, about Hollywood racetrack, Doug.
3: <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. With Harry Orness and John Fairbanks. <laughs> That's
1: right. <laughs> I forgot about that <laughs> but it, I, I just I, I as much as you I know what you're saying and it looks like on paper or even in the standings that the Clippers are a much better team the Lakers are still the Lakers yeah oh yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah it's like it I mean it's like it's like the Yankees versus the Mets mm-hmm. as much as we, the Mets might be a better team they're still the Yankees yeah but, but imagine the Lakers without event.
0: LeBron and we have to start doing that because
3: you know how much more has he got? And how A much year is- two years, maybe. And if he wants to chase championships, he's not going to chase him with the Lakers. No, he's not. So yeah, that's I think the next 18 months are going to be fascinating in LA, in LA basketball. I really, really do.
0: Do you see LeBron no. getting traded
3: by the Lakers? No, I think he's I think they would I don't think they could possibly do that and sell it. They would have to he would have to say I'm gonna go somewhere. Right. And they would have to put it on the franchise would have to put it on him. Rather than the franchise initiating it, I agree. Don't you
1: think that started when he's doing the post-game interview with the next towel around his neck?
3: When he he showed, when he put out the emoji of the hands of the 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 the, the, the hand timer thing going on there, the the sands of time are passing us by. Oh yeah, he's he's as subtle as a brick in the face.
1: Yeah. Hey, um, uh, back to the Raptors. So, um. And it does, actually, it looks like Spencer Dinwiddie could end up playing for the Lakers. But uh, how much of yesterday was just moving cash? Not just for Toronto, but for the whole league. This is, it, it's almost a shell game, isn't it? It is. It, 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 the new CBA has a lot of heavier
3: financial penalties for teams that really mess up or, or spend without regard to what's, what the cost is. Like back in the day, two years ago, you want to pay the tax, you pay the tax. Well, now there are different levels of... of, of Salary aprons where you can't sign guys if you have a such a such a payroll, can't sign guys if you have such such another, another payroll. And the Raptors, you know, they they're not near the tax and, and won't be for quite a while. But you know, saving twelve and a half million dollars on Dennis Schroeder is a deal. And you won't that's not a bad thing. They're out from underneath, you know, a not insignificant amount of money for a guy again who wasn't going to be here when they get good, or when they hope they get good.
0: You said earlier that they have. You think they have about thirty million bucks to spend? They could in have the season yeah. if they want. Do you think they'll go after somebody fairly big, or are I, they're I not think, ready
3: yet? I think if it's a chance to make a big trade, I think they will. And, I, and here's what I, why I think that: Mazai and Bobby seems to be seem to be acquiring assets. They now have extra draft picks. They have their own picks. They only lost one in the transactions yesterday. And they're gonna have mm-hmm. a lot of room. They can go to a they could they could say, okay, give us your I'm gonna throw a name out there just because uh just to get the fans chattering. All right. Give it give us Luka Doncic. We got the 50 million to pay him, and you can have like five draft picks and right. three players. So yeah. they're building that kind of arsenal to go out and make that big deal. Whether they can is is obviously remains to be seen, but for the first time they're sort of accumulating things. To make that big splash. And I think that's other than just rather than just signing a free agent who's not gonna probably sign in Toronto, that's the way you do it. You make that big bold trade for the big superstar who wants out. And you've got you've got like five picks to throw in the trade.
0: The one thing about basketball is one player can make a big difference. You know, that doesn't happen in any other sport really.
3: No, no, absolutely. Absolutely can't. The Knicks were horrible until they got Jalen Brunson, who knew it. No one ever knew it, any, but Jalen Brunson. And I always think they might be the third best team in the East. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
3: I agree. Well,
1: and, and, you know, the Sixers are in a bit of free fall when you consider the talk about one player making a difference, right? With yeah. the Embiid injury. Um, but yesterday, you know, the Celtics almost, I mean, the Celtics got better again, didn't they?
3: I mean, a the little, Celtics were bit.
1: able to tweak on the outside. Yeah. Yeah,
3: they're, I, you know, they're, they're probably the best. I think they're the best team in the East. They might be the best team in the league, although the Clippers are really, really good. Believe me, they're really good. Um, and, but, yeah, the Celtics did that kind of quiet, behind the um, – on the fringes move that makes them a little bit right. deeper, a little bit better. And I'm But I'm still – I'm not sold on the Celtics as – I'm not sold on their chemistry down the stretch of a close series, and I'm not at all sold on their coaching. So I don't know about the Celtics. But, yeah, they did – they got what they needed to get another guy just to help out, just to be there in case they need him.
1: And and uh, just before we I, – I got a couple more questions about the Raptors, but there is a fascination in, in our country and in this town about the Sixers because of Nick. Yeah. Um, th- 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 those, The moves that they made – I mean, I, in listening to some experts yesterday, I think there was a lot of people wondering, what, what, what is Daryl Morey doing? whats is what what is he trying to do? Or was or is this or is this Nick pushing him? I think this is it's probably it's probably
3: Maury doing stuff knowing that he's gonna be an active player in the bio market, which is coming up. Okay. I think they might get Kyle Lowry that way. They cleared up some money, they cleared up some spots. Um, but I and I think there will be guys like Lowry, Dinwiddie, a couple other players out there who might be attractive to a team that has championship aspirations. And I think that's what they're aiming for. I don't think you can say the Sixers did good or bad until two weeks, got two weeks from now when the bio market is pretty much closed.
1: So, uh, so Larry's an interesting one, at least for this fan base. Uh, he, and he, he has two homes, Philadelphia and Toronto. Yeah. So he's, is he going to have a choice or is it just going to be the Sixers? Oh, I think, he, I think he'd probably have a choice. Do I, I... You, you think Toronto will have some interest no. in bringing no, Kyle no. back? Zero. Okay.
3: He okay. doesn't fit he doesn't fit with where they are or what they want to do. And I love Kyle, but him coming to a team that's going to win 30 games, he will be as miserable as I can't even imagine. Yep. So I agree. that's not gonna not gonna happen.
1: No, but you know that will be wishful thinking. Oh, I don't, Of, 100%, the, I don't of the, the fan base. Bring yeah. Kyle back. You know, the, minute, the minute
3: he got traded to Charlotte and wasn't going to Charlotte, I was getting emails. Can they bring him back? And well they yeah. I suppose they could, but they're not gonna. Well, he's not really an impact player anymore, is he? No, no. And it, it, as a backup point guard, are a team that's going to win 30 games? No way, man. It's Makes he, no he, sense. He'd kill himself and then me.
1: Yeah, well. <laughs> or me and then hey, it, himself. It, it, so, the, the, with the fact that now I think it's pretty obvious that the next two or three seasons are a work in progress, um, where does that leave Darko in all of this? They, I think it,
3: it fits... I think it fits really well to his skill set because he's a teacher more than he is a tactician, and I think getting some young players and developing summer programs for them and able to work with them for a full year, it's right in his wheelhouse. And I think they they know that, and I think they knew it when they hired him, and I think they told him what the possibilities were when they hired him. I think when they, when they sat down and said, "Look, we could this team you're getting last September is certainly not going to be the team you're going to have next September." we're going to move off from, we're probably going to move off from Siakam. We're probably going to move off from OG. We're probably going to move off from Gary Trent. Just be prepared to be, have a bunch of young kids to teach. And I think that that's what he does. And so I think it's a pretty good setup, frankly, going forward with that coach.
0: Well, you know, this, this team uh, obviously isn't anywhere near as good as they looked at the beginning of the year,
3: but are they where you thought they might be right now? They're a little bit behind where I thought they. Were. I thought they would be better, I, but they lost a lot of games, even when they had their best player. Now they traded basically two of their top three players in Ananobi and Siakam, uh, but I think even before those trades, that December late December trade, they lost a lot of games they should have won. I would have thought they would have been a four five hundred team right around there, but now I don't. I don't. I'd be surprised if they get the thirty five wins. And I
0: think well, sure. They're good. kind of in the middle of nowhere. they they're not yeah. bad. 30 thirty-five wins. The they,
1: they get to the thirty-five wins. There, that he, this guy's a magician. Yeah, there's no <laughs> chance. No I think,
3: chance. I think some other teams get a little bit bad, and they're. It's going to be interesting to see how this team plays. So now we're going to find out whether these young kids can play, whether quickly and RJ Barrett are that good. And there's there's no looking over their shoulders. They are the guys. Yeah. So well, they're
1: in play. And 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 listen, this is this is now Scotty Barnes's team, right? Yeah, and I—that's for good or for bad. And I don't—I still think the jury is out. I yeah, very it. much. I don't know whether you do. You do. I don't know. What? What? Now, what? Yeah, what makes you? Say player, that? What, huh? No, but what makes you say I, that, Doug? He's never done it, and I—I I get
3: all the great play, all the players who become the face of their franchise, earn it. Barnes was given it, and I think there's a big difference there. Now I think he's like I mean he's a very very good basketball player no question about it. He's he's very talented. He can do a lot of things on the court. But I don't know whether teammates follow him. And that's going to be really interesting to see if that if that happens in these next 30 games.
0: Well, the coach, the coaching staff or the team doesn't really give him the ball though. They don't make him like when the game is on the line don't you want to get the ball in the hands of the
3: of your best player? And They, they did it the other night at Oklahoma City, and he passed it.
0: But I saw a couple of games ago they, did, they didn't they did do it at all. He got
3: two right. points in the second half. I guess well, it was Oklahoma State, maybe? No, I guess o- Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. City. In the two Oklahoma overtime City. periods, in the o- double overtime in Oklahoma City, in the two five-minute overtime periods, he took one shot, and it was an airballed three. That's right. There that you can't go. Ha- that can't, no, that's on him. Because the ball was in his hands. That was on him. He's got to become if he if he wants to take and he's he's got the skill. Like, here's the thing. He's so skilled he could take over games, but he doesn't, and he hasn't yet. And I don't I hope he can. I think they hope he can. But until he does, okay, he I a, get that. But they player. don't
0: seem to try and get him the
3: ball. Um I don't feel that. He touches the ball basically on every big possession, and generally gives it up.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, Doug. I I am I'm not totally aghast at what you said, but I do. I must admit, I'm a little shocked because they have put a lot of eggs in his basket. They no question. I mean, Absolutely. And and I mean, if 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 you're having doubt, I can only imagine what the conversation in the office is. Well, they, like, I mean, you know as well, well, as I you, you know as well as I do. you know as well as I do. Behind closed doors, you know, you get raw discussion, and I, yeah. I can, <laughs> you, can, I can assure you that one of those two guys, and I know it's not Bobby, is saying, "What the heck is going on with this guy right now?" Let's find out, absolutely, and that, that's that's the thing.
3: And I, I was told by people who know that last summer when the, when when they thought, you know, do we do we redo Fred? Uh, no, do we uh, do we keep Pascal? Do we keep O.G. When the summer might have been a time to make a move, they couldn't make those moves because they didn't know what they had in Barnes. And in the first six weeks or eight weeks of this year, they found out that he's a pretty good player. So here you go. Here are the keys, son. Go run the team. Now, I think he's he good enough for that. I think I don't know, and they don't know. I I, exactly. think probably, I think he probably is, but my point goes again. Most players who ascend to that level are they earn it. And to this point, Scotty's been given it, and I do think there's a difference psychologically within the structure of the team.
1: Right. Well, you know as well as I do that when when they have to pick alternates for the NBA All Star Game, the, the league goes to the team and says, "Who should we pick?" And they yeah, said, it, "Pick Scotty." They generally go. They, they generally go to what the coaches voted on and take the next
3: two or three guys on the list. So some guys beg off. I know Jimmy Butler for three years in a row has said, "Nah, you know what." I'm not going to see a tree replacement. Leave me alone. So we don't know how far down the list they got to before they got to Barnes and Trey Young. But yeah, he's going to be in the All Star game, which is a huge thing. He's going to be with the American Olympic team. Work is in, in that in the pool, which is a huge thing because you got to go there and learn how the true greats handle themselves. And I think he's. I hope. And I get. I get back to an analogy with Demar Derozan, who went to play with the American Select team. Before the 2012 Olympics and the 2014 Worlds. And he came back both times and goes, Wow, now I see what it takes to be the guy. Yeah. And he went there and he learned from Kobe and LeBron and Kevin Durant and Kevin Garnett and those kind of le- that level of player. And I hope when Barnes goes to All Star game and when he goes to the Olympic camp in July, that he is the same sponge soaking up professionalism tips from the true greats
1: yeah fascinating it's fascinating and by the way we have we haven't scratched the surface of what's going on in chicago because i'm sure they're apoplectic today of what what did or didn't happen for the bulls and whether three years in a row four years in a row they haven't made a trade deadline day the trade deadline (laughs) deal once a great franchise oh well hey doug thanks for this no problem guys we'll see you down the road somewhere thanks Doug. that's doug doug smith of the toronto star when we come back we'll go to las vegas there's a football game allegedly going on on Sunday. Arash Madani there for Sportsnet. We'll talk to Arash about the 49ers and the Chiefs. Bob and John, back after this on the McCowan podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, Bob and John, joined by Arash Madani of Sportsnet, who is in Las Vegas, Nevada, for the big game on Sunday. So, Arash, have you uh, had your full of Super Bowl hype yet? Or are you ready for the kickoff or what?
4: I am ready for the football to be put on the T, John. Uh there's no there's no question about that. I was driving around UNLV the other day trying to find the statue of Bob McCowan, but the, the I think they've taken it down. Yeah. Tarkanians is there, but yeah. the McCowan statue is missing. So
0: you know, this is interesting that the Super Bowl is in Vegas.
4: Every day is a
0: big day in Vegas. There's something going on. Um, do you notice anything different about this uh, last few days?
4: No, I, honestly, Bob, not just yet. Um, I'm assuming by tonight and tomorrow it's going to be a little different. It this actually kind of takes me back to when uh when you, Brunt, and I did the uh Mayweather the fight. Pacquiao fight, yeah, and the Mayweather McGregor. You're kind of waiting for it all week, and then Thursday the creatures start to arrive, and then Friday it's it's kind of game on. So, I'm assuming by tonight it's uh it's really going to feel like Vegas on steroids.
1: So you were, if you were on UNLV campus, that means you're out at the 49ers practice facility uh, for this week. Not necessarily.
0: The UNLV football stadium is down in Henderson. Is it not?
4: Well, where where they put the, they put the Niners up at the facility and the issue has become their, their playing surface. They only put a layer of grass last week over the turf. And I I don't know too much about this, but they put a rating on grass, et cetera. And, you know, the regular standard is in the high 70s or 80s. That's what you want. And the bare minimum is around 50. And I guess this, this surface is around 50. And so the San Francisco people, understandably, have been slighted by it. And then yesterday morning, Thursday morning, at like six, the fire alarm goes off at the San Francisco team hotel. <laughs> now, I'm I'm not saying Taylor Swift's people were behind it, but you know, certainly some of the Niners players are like, we didn't think that was an accident. So they're they're a little irritated by by how some of the things have gone because Kansas City folk get the brand new sparkling Raiders facility to work out of um, with all the amenities.
1: Which I assume is just the difference between being the NFC team and the AFC team. I I would think is that as That's simple it. as simple as the decision. Yeah, but, the AFC
4: team is the host team, so right. they get the Raiders facility, and the NFC team is over at UNLB.
1: But uh, Christian McCaffrey can't be complaining about turf because he's you know the best running back in the game, and Samuel's one of the best uh, scat backs in the game. They still have enough. <laughs> enough things go on their way to win the game, don't they? You know,
4: John, it's it's a good question. It's a good point. Um, I just think so much of Sunday now comes down to Kyle Shanahan having to get over himself. Getting over the fact that he blew 28-3 as the play caller in Atlanta and getting over blowing a double-digit fourth-quarter lead to Kansas City four years ago at the Super Bowl in Miami. And he had this line. He said yesterday, he said, I just don't want regrets. And he said, I want to do everything that makes sense to myself, that makes sense to our team. So you bring up Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. If you don't want regrets and you want to do the things that make sense, when you get the ball in the red zone, if you get the ball inside the 10, Kyle, you don't need to show everybody how innovative your playbook is. C ball, hit ball, hand the ball off to, to CMC and just let them blast between the tackles or run off tackle. Um, this is, if you don't want regrets, this is where just, you know, you can go back to basic football and get into the end zone.
0: How much do you think teams are working on, on uh, you know, uh, important things this week? I think either you're ready or you're not ready. You
1: mean important things? You mean new plays, Bob?
0: Well, partly, but, you know, I think you get you got ready a bit last week. And it's the end of the year. I mean, there's not much left to do. You worry about yourself, don't you?
4: Yeah, I think most of the install, Bob, for both teams came last week. You know, they took Monday. You win the AFC or NFC championship game on Sunday. Monday is spent. Tickets, travel for the families, figuring out all the logistics. You take Tuesday off, probably Wednesday off. And then Thursday, Friday is the heavy lifting when it comes to game plan, install, et cetera. Um, Saturday, the facility, just like a quiet day, walk through some meetings. You travel Sunday. But the teams really didn't start practicing here until Wednesday. And you're right, they've been, no practice so far has gone over 90 minutes. Right, uh, they, you know, both teams wanted to practice fast. Both teams wanted to work on what they really do on offense more than anything else. And Shanahan's come out of both days of practice and said Brock looks really good, really dialed in, fired up. And Andy Reid said the same about Mahomes. So, yeah, like sure, maybe in the red zone you work on some defensive red zone, you work on some tendencies, but outside of that, it's get in, get out and let's get ready for Sunday.
0: Yeah. Any sense to, any,
1: yeah. Right, right. Well, that was my question. Any sense of how, how healthy either of the teams is?
4: I think for this time of year, they're pretty healthy. Yeah. Now, uh, Kittle's been limited. Um, he's got a toe injury, but he's going to go. Rasheed Rice on Thursday actually got stepped on, had to leave practice. Uh, but Andy Reid said he's going to be fine. Um, the big loss for Kansas City is going to be their all-pro left guard. Joe Tooney is not going to go. And I just wonder what that means for KC. Like Nick Allegretti is going to, going to start in his place, and Allegretti starting a Super Bowl before. And some say there wasn't much of a drop-off in the AFC title game. But San Francisco's defensive front, as much as we talk about Kittle and Debo and IUK and CMC and their offense, there's there's just as much, if not more, talent in San Francisco's front seven, mm-hmm. and so when you're missing an All-Pro left guard, I think that's going to be really, uh, you know, a big factor in in how this game unfolds because you know San Fran went out this offseason, gave Javon Hargrave 84 million dollars. Nick Bosa sat out parts of training camp. He got the bag. Like you you've paid two of your guys major dollars on your defensive line. The payoff's got to come Sunday. Fred Warner might be the best linebacker in football. The payoff's got to come Sunday. So I'm just interested from, you know, from that KC injury, what that's going to mean for San Francisco's defense. Do you think Kansas
0: City will try and throw the ball a lot?
4: Yeah. Yeah, and I but I don't think it's going to be deep balls. I think it's going to be a lot of intermediate throws. But that's the way the NFL is now, right? Yeah, that's the way the NFL is now there still has to be a steady dose of Pacheco, you know, like he's a seventh round pick who looks like a receiver and runs like a fullback. Um, It's, it's a really interesting dynamic that he has, you know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to get some touches, but this is going to be a lot of, it's funny. um, Casey's playing San Francisco and I bet we're going to see a lot of West coast offense that Bill Walsh invented (laughs) by Andy Reid.
1: Well, I, I tell you what—you you, you mentioned uh, Edwards Alaire, like last week or two weeks ago now. God, he was disappointing. And the difference between he and Pacheco was night and day. He, His—he didn't have any ability to penetrate the line of scrimmage compared to Pacheco. Uh, yeah, and, and they were—and when the season started, I think people would have said that was a one A one B scenario, wouldn't you? I do. Um,
4: Pacheco really came on the second half of last year. Yeah, it's funny because. Pacheco runs faster than Edwards Alaire. And it just feels like Edwards Alaire is a little more passive in that yeah. offense. Yeah. Um, he was really upset last year, remember, when he was deactivated for the Super Bowl. So Andy Reid spoken highly of him this week. I just think they're going to need both on Sunday, John.
1: I, you want to go back to your because I was going to ask you about Kyle Shanahan. Um, <laughs> you know, to me, Andy Reid's playing on house money. Andy Reid's Andy Reid. He, he's a legend already. He's won. Yeah. He's 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 reshaped the whole franchise a couple of times. Um, and Kyle Shanahan has a lot to prove. Uh, and you do have to wonder how much doubt will creep in and, and how simple he has to keep his offense in order to make sure that they can compete against it you know we've talked a lot about the the 49er defense but i think Kansas City's defense might be better than San Francisco's don't you well it's it's amazing how
4: narratives go right think about all the Kansas City narratives mahomes reed kelsey taylor swift dynasty
1: what position does she play again okay.
4: <laughs> megastar <laughs> um what else? What else? Are the narratives? They get every referee call. The fix is in. The script is in. And they have a great
1: kicker. They have a great kicker. They have a great kicker, boy.
4: God bless their PR department. They've made the punter and the kicker available every day. Thanks very <laughs> much for that. Um, <laughs> but it just seems, John, that the defense has gone under the radar. And what have you had? You've had a defense that is responsible. For this team getting here, they shut down the NFL MVP in the AFC title game. Their average age is 25.4. It's the youngest in the NFL. Uh, You know, Chris Jones obviously is the heart and soul and the vet of that defense. But they've got young dudes. Steve Spagnuolo calls them cerebral dudes who are aggressive, who are physical, who are violent, who fly around. and you know, their, their main kind of concepts are clog up run lanes, have your corners be aggressive on the receivers at the snap to try and disrupt timing. And there's been a Mm buy-in. And so, you know, and there's been growth because when you're this young, they didn't start this way. And, uh, and, and Jones made the point. He said, yeah, we're faster and we're a little grittier on defense than we've been. And I thought that was, that was a good line from, from big What do guys. you do if you're San Francisco to try and uh, upend that? I think what you have to do is you have to find your guys in space. It's got to be a lot of kind of short intermediate stuff. It's got to be end arounds. It's got to be move and spread the defense out as much as possible. And you cannot under any circumstance do what Baltimore did and become one dimensional needlessly. You have to continue to mix things up. You have to continue between CMC and use check and using Debo and Ayuk on getting them in space and then just setting up the deep ball. Because one thing about Purdy is he's a really good decision maker, but Brock Purdy is willing to pull the trigger and let it fly when it's there. And there's no urgency to do it, but if you start getting the defense kind of spread out and you have them have that urge to jump around that's when you can uh, that's when you can let it fly
0: you know theories on on how to play offense are great at the beginning of a game and you always start with some kind of theory but the fact is that depending on how the game goes you'll change and that happens in every game if you get ahead by two touchdowns you do different things if you're behind by two touchdowns you get more offensively panicked.
4: Do you agree? I mean, what's what's the old adage? Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face, right? Um, and so it's it's how you adapt to that, which is <clears throat> which. Bob goes back to my point about Shanahan, right? You know, when you are up twenty eight three, Kyle, I get that you're up twenty five because you've been throwing the ball around the field. But at that point, the opponent is not New England. The opponent is the clock. So how you handle those situations is going to be vital. And look, this may be unfair to say, but uh, the proof is in the pudding with the, with the banners that are flying at Arrowhead. Andy Reid has shown and proven that he handles in-game situations much better,
1: yeah.
4: that he handles situational football much better. And if you look at how these teams are coming into this game, Remember, Casey had lost three of four. They got embarrassed on Christmas Day to, to the Raiders. They only scored 14. They haven't lost since. They I went on the road That's and true. beat Buffalo. They went on the road and beat Baltimore, whereas San Francisco just hasn't really put together a quality game since maybe playing the Eagles in early December. Um, so we just haven't seen we haven't seen the Niners really be be clicking if you will um for quite some time
1: I, I the thing I would suggest to rash is the the adversity that the 49ers faced in weeks six through nine mm. remember they they were five and0 oh, and we all thought that the San Francisco 49 ers were you know are they going to go undefeated um they were just everything they did was perfect the adversity they faced in those those middle weeks of the season might be the thing that has prepared them best for this scenario, because they they got punched in the face, as you talk about, in Baltimore badly. Um, and they and they still came out and, and won the division and got to this point. But they really need to, I think they need to simplify their game, not make it more complex. And you just wonder if Shanahan's able to do that, don't you?
4: Well, it's interesting. You talk about that week six to nine window, John. They lose at Cleveland. And then Kirk Cousins, of all people, torches them. Like my right. beloved Minnesota Vikings embarrassed. I
1: noticed uh, the t-shirt, yes.
4: Yeah. And so when that happens, you almost have to stop, take stock, and say, uh, to quote McCowan, what in the bleep and fidu is going on here? Um, and so what changed? Well, they brought Steve Wilkes, their defensive coordinator, down from the coordinator booth onto the field for game days. And I asked Ray Greenlaw and Javon Hargrave about that stretch of the season because there were reports that Kyle Shanahan was sitting in on defensive meetings afterwards. And I said, what changed, guys? And Greenlaw said, nothing changed. He just said, we weren't on the same page as his defense. We didn't really quite know what Wilks wanted. You know, it's D'Amico Ryans had left for, for Houston. It's a new It's a new defensive scheme. It's a new defensive system. We just weren't on the same page He said, we are now, which is fine, except they also got embarrassed against Detroit, where there was a lack of effort on the defensive side. And a lot of the players have said, hey, that's been addressed. Um, In practice, it's about pursue the football, pursue the ball carrier. That's kind of been the mantra. So, yeah, Brock Purdy struggled. Yeah, the Niners struggled the middle part of the season. And towards the end, you mentioned the Baltimore game. You know, San Francisco plays the Ravens on Christmas night. It, it kind of felt like the heavyweight fight, the Super Bowl preview, and the Ravens took them to the woodshed. Mm-hmm. And Purdy admitted to us, it was either yesterday or the day before, he said, I wasn't in the right frame of mind for that game. Whoa, what? Um, we forget sometimes. This is a second-year kid who is still learning some of the basics. He's still learning the game. He said, I have to realize that every play takes on a life of its own. You know, that's old hat for Mahomes and Andy. You know, that's that's not an issue in Kansas City, but it's still kind of, it's still one that's evolving in San Francisco. And I think, you know, when I look at it, San Francisco is the much better team, but the Patrick Mahomes factor is a different, is why this game has intrigue, because otherwise it shouldn't.
0: Right. Two sleeps left till Super Bowl. What are your plans today?
4: <laughs> we actually got uh, invited to some EA Sports event uh, tonight, so may go uh, may go check that out, and then uh, have some dinner plans with some uh, some colleagues and some co- college friends tomorrow at an old school off the Strip haunt, um, and then get ready for sun for Sunday. What I like about a West Coast Super Bowl, guys is that it's like a 3.30 kickoff. It's not a yeah. 6.30 kickoff. Right. You don't have to wait around all day. Let's go.
1: And, and, the, and the reality of the next 48 hours, as, as Bob talked about, is that you don't really get access to the teams anymore now, do you?
4: That's right. Friday and Saturday is pretty well shut down. So you get, you've gotten so much from Monday to Thursday. Um, we'll get one pool feed report um, from each team after practice, and that's it now i'm just waiting to see what knucklehead from one of those teams gets in trouble tonight or tomorrow like how how strict is the security going to be to leave the team hotels to leave the perimeter over lake las vegas and the compounds that they're staying in um because everybody's minded their p's and q's all week nobody's given bulletin board material um, it's been very bland from that standpoint. So who's going to mix it up by just having the urge to get out and blow off some steam on a Friday night in Vegas? I don't know.
0: Are you in the press box or will you be an auxiliary press box for the game?
4: I'm assuming auxiliary, Bob. Um, we haven't gotten our stuff yet. We usually get that no. either Friday afternoon or Saturday morning. Um, us lowly Canadians won't uh, usually don't get the press box. but we'll No, I didn't
0: when that. I went to the Super Bowls. I was in the auxiliary, which means you're in the last row of the seats, (laughs) right?
1: Well, it's not a bad it's not a bad stadium to be in anywhere. Before we let you go, um, Vegas part of the rotation now, or could you? Bob talked earlier in the week; he could envision making Vegas the full time host city uh, uh, of the Super Bowl. I don't think that's realistic when you think of the powers of ownership. I think it'll be
0: really in the uh, tight rotation.
4: What do you think? Yeah, I think they're in the rotation. I think they'll be in the rotation with the usual suspects, the New Orleans, the Atlantas, the Miamis, now LA with the $5 billion stadium, right. Houston, um, et cetera. Look, it's got everything that the NFL wants. It's got, you know, a billion hotel rooms. It's got all the restaurants. It's got all the attention. It's got all right. the light. It's got a great stadium. Um, it's got a mayor and a governor who will make their lives very easy and forgive them on a lot of taxes. Um, it's got, it's got everything that the NFL wants. Right. More more money.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. Who are you picking? Yeah. Uh,
4: I have to go with San Francisco because they're the better team. Um, and me too. And I have some pause, is because of Mahomes. Um, but yeah, to me, it's San Francisco.
1: Wow. Okay. It's going to be. It, 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 I'll tell you what. I'm. It's one of those matchups that I think, even though I think the spreads just two or two and a half. Um, um I think this is a pick 'em. You yeah, know, I, I really, I really, I really do. I don't. Sure it is. I mean, it, it really. No is. question. It'll be fun though. You picked right. the wrong team, though. That's the problem. I didn't pick the wrong team. I'm just going yeah, with you the champion. They're going to be the champion until they lose. And right now, they're still the champion. I'm going with the champion. But we'll talk about that after the break. Thanks for this, Arash. All
4: right, boys. Great to see you. Thanks, Val. Bye-bye.
1: Arash Badani from Las Vegas, Nevada. There's no slot machines in that hotel room. So they're obviously spending a bit more money over there at the network. Bob and I'll be back after this on the McCowan Podcast. Okay, we have talked enough about the uh, the NBA trade deadline. We've talked enough about the Super Bowl, Bob. We need your pick right now because people. I give it to pretty- you earlier in the week. Yeah, but I, I can't. San I'm Francisco right Earlier in the week, and you San like Francisco. Kansas City. Yeah, I like Kansas City. I just I just cannot, as 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 I've said, I cannot imagine betting against Patrick Mahomes. I just think he can well, slither anything.
0: You should. Look, Why? It, I think it'll be a really close game. And I think it'll be fairly low scoring. You know, maybe somebody gets to the 20s, but I'm not sure about that. And I just, San, uh, San Francisco, from top to bottom, is a solid team. And
1: Kansas City... You don't, and you don't think Kansas is, City is a solid team?
0: No, they're iffy. Wow. Iffy. Oh. Huh? I'll take the issue. They could have a good game, I suppose, but uh, I have no confidence in them. None.
1: So if if you're a a gambling man, you're saying low scoring over under 43? Under. Under 43?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think it'll be under, and I think it'll be San Francisco. What are they, two and a half
1: points, favorite? Yeah, right now they are, yeah. It's wavered between two and two and a half.
0: Yeah, it's not the kind of game you bet a lot of money on. To be honest, no, I wouldn't anyway. I think it'll be a close game and it'll be low scoring. I I don't know if it'll be exciting or not. I don't know if it'll be a good game, but uh, it'll be tight. So we'll probably watch until the end.
1: And uh, can I expect you to be dancing at halftime with Usher?
0: Uh, Absolutely not.
1: (laughs) He's another. He's a Vegas resident. I thought for sure so he support the You used to talk about all the times you lived in Vegas, you know. Yeah, that you looked after the locals.
0: I don't care if Usher lives there. He wouldn't have been my neighbor anyway.
1: He's a little on my price house. bracket. You should see that house he's got. Holy smokes. Well, it's I bet right?
0: I probably wouldn't no. have lived about ten at least ten miles from him. <laughs> he's not he's
1: not living in Summerlin.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think so. No.
1: All right, Bob. Well, listen. Enjoy the football game, and uh, too. And ha- I- I'm going to do it as normal with all my friends around me. Um, and by yourself, we'll go- then, right? Yeah, but yeah, by myself. I don't want people. I don't want people talking during the game. Yeah. I mean, I mean well, I, you know historically I've really always had a that.
0: Super Bowl party, yep. but I have done nothing this year. So,
1: have you made chili? No. Haven't done anything. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not coming over for sure. Then. Yeah, I didn't invite you. <laughs> I, so, I know, but so that's we're, we're we're in agreement. There we go. Totally. I'm not coming, totally. and you. I I'm not coming, and you didn't want me. So there we go. Exactly. Okay. All right. Well, let, enjoy nice the time. game. You enjoy too. Enjoy the game, and when and when Kansas City wins, just say you know what that John was right again. I'll talk to you on Monday about it. We'll see. That, that's the McCallan podcast for the week folks. Have a good weekend and enjoy the Super Bowl. Oh bye.